All right, I will say good morning, good morning. Let us continue. We are continuing our session today in Parak Chof, chapter 20, Mesilas Yisharm. So the Ramchal writes as follows. V'hine, mashitarek lahavin. One has to understand, ki'ein ladun devreach hazilos apimari and arishna. So we'll say this is an incredible idea. The Ramchal says that sometimes... A person can't judge Hasidus at first glance. Now, we're going to see what Ramchal is really highlighting over here, is that sometimes at first glance, what appears to be an act of Hasidus is not. Is not. And therefore, I can remember that the, the entire essence of this parak is B'mishkala Hasidus, weighing, weighing. What is Hasidus? What is not Hasidus? So he says, El Tzarech La'ayin, El Isponin, Arhechon Toldos, Hamaisem Magias, Magios. And we'll say, this is incredible. Sometimes, sometimes, in order to know if something is an act of personal piety, something is an act of Hasidus, it's not just enough to look at what the act is now, but you also have to look at where the act is going to go. Right? Where, where, where is the act? Where is the act ultimately going to lead to? Sometimes an action itself could look good. And sometimes something could be good in the short term. It could be good. But what will come from it, what will come from it, ultimately is negative. And therefore, again, a person has to abstain from such an action. And if a person were to perform that action, such a, we're going to give examples of this, but it's really an incredibly profound idea. So you could have something that right now, right now in the present, looks like a form of piety, looks like a form of chasidus. But the repercussions or the results of this are going to be something negative. In which case, it's not chasidus anymore. It's not chasidus, rather just the opposite. It actually becomes a maisa avera. Pretty incredible. Vihine, he gives examples of this. Maisa gedalia ben achikam, So he tells the story of gedalia ben achikam. They both say, who was gedalia ben achikam? So this was after Yerushalayim was destroyed, first temple era. Gedalia ben achikam was installed as governor of, we'll call it Judea, governor of, of, of Yehuda. By the, by the Babylonians. So what happened? So, listen to this. So, Gedalia ben Achikam was the governor. He was in charge of the Jewish people in the aftermath destruction of the first base HaMikdosh. What happened? He received a report. What was the report he received? He received a report from Yochanan ben Kareach. Yochanan said, Gidalia, there is a credible threat against your life by this guy by the name of Yishmael. Right? Yishmael is out to come and kill you. What happened? Gidalia got the intel. What did he do? He said, I can't listen. It's Lashon Hara. Can't listen. It's Lashon Hara. At first glance, he said to himself, oh, that's beautiful. He was so careful about Lashon Hara. Only one problem. The report was true. And Gedalia ben Achikam was assassinated. Remember, the, and the assassination of Gedalia ben Achikam represented a fundamental end to any form of Jewish autonomy or Jewish self-determination in Eretz Yisrael in the, at the end of this first temple era. So what do you see from here? Magaram, because Gedalia, because Gedalia would not listen, Karam Shemesu v'nifrezu Yisrael. 
Ultimately, he's assassinated. The, any remnant of the Jewish people is now scattered. The remaining embers of Jewish life in Eretz Yisrael were extinguished. Not only that, Kedal ben Achikam is held accountable or held culpable for the people, for the Jews who were killed in the aftermath of his assassination. Kilu Hargam was if Kedalia himself killed them. So I will say, so, so again, what, watch what's happening over here. Gedali ben Achikam, who is the governor of Judea, receives a credible threat against his life. He decides not to listen to it because he says it's Lashon Hara. So I will say, so, so, what, what, so you say to yourself, oh, is, is it good to abstain listening from Lashon Hara? Is it good? Is it a good thing? Absolutely. Is it a form of chasidus? Absolutely. The problem was Gedaya ben Achikam was only looking at the act through the prism of the present and not thinking about the possible future repercussions of his actions. So what he thought was an act of personal piety, i.e., I'm not going to listen to Lashon Hara, was foolish. It was foolish. And in fact, in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch who even considered to be sinful, because since he had a responsibility towards the greater community, he had an obligation to be mindful of this report and to go ahead and listen attentively to what, to what this guy, Yochanan ben Kareach, was saying. And his failure to do so is not only misplaced piety, but ultimately, again, considered to be culpability. And I will say, so understand what I'm and, and this part I want to point out, this is my sim, this is my sim, I will say, you know, I'll give you just a simpler example of it. And it happens, right? Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, you're running late. Everybody's running late. It happens, right? And what happens, right? You leave the house without saying good Shabbos to your wife, or you start yelling at everyone, right? Move, ba, 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 Shabbos, 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 right? You're throwing rocks at people, right? All kinds of things, right? Because you're, right? You're, you're, you're about Shabbos. You're about Shabbos. That's not piety. That's not piety. I'm sorry? Speeding down seven mile lane, absolutely right. Are you looking? Are you looking at me about that? Oh, okay, good. So, so, so again, so, so there, there's no piety in that. There's no piety, and so many times we get so wrapped up in our own stuff, right? I, I, I think, I think like I'm being pious, I'm being holy, and meanwhile, in the process of like my holiness, first of all, I may be totally trampling on other people, which that's not piety. That, that, that's not piety. That, that's, that's tunnel vision. And that's what Ramchal is describing over here. Because sometimes people get so wrapped up in their own stuff, what I think is good, that I totally don't understand the collateral damage that's happening around me, both in terms of other people, and also in terms of my own life. Kedai ben Achikam, again, thinks he's being pious by not listening to Lashon Hara. Meanwhile, he's just paved the way, he's opened the door for destruction. And Ramchal gives another example of this. Another example of second base was also destroyed because of this type of misplaced piety, which was not properly weighed. We know the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. So what happened again? Bar Kamsa got upset that he wasn't invited to the party. So remember again, he decides to take revenge on the Jews. How does he take revenge on the Jews? He goes to the Caesar. He says, Mardu the Jews have rebelled against you. So he shows, how can I show you that the Jews are rebelled against you? Send the Jews a carbon and you'll see they're not going to offer it up. They're not going to offer it up. 
So the Gemara says, so what happens? So they sent, so the Caesar sent the carbon. So Barkamsa split the lip, split the lip of the carbon, split the lip, right? In a way, in a way that would be clear that the Jews would not offer it up. So what happened? The carbon, the carbon arrives in the base Hamikdash. Yomru. So now what happens? So the other sages all agree, listen, you got to offer this up. When the Caesar sends a carbon, you offer it up. You offer it up because if you don't offer it up, literally it's a death sentence. So there was a so there was a Godel Hadar who was there, Zachary ben Avkolos, and he says Yomru Bali Mumin Kraven Legabe Mizbeach. So Rabbi Zachary ben Avkolos said, No, you can't offer that up because if you offer it up, people are going to think that you could offer up blemished animals in the base Hamikdash. Fine. So they said, Fine. Rabbi Zachary ben Avkolos, you won't offer it up. So what should we do? Amr Lehem Rabbi Zachary ben Avkolos. So suffer the Mikdalei. So they said, Let's kill Bar Kamsa. Barakamsa is a Moser. Barakamsa is a person who has handed over the Jewish people to a despotic Gentile government. He deserves death. You can't do that because people will say that why is he being executed? Because he, because he made a blemish in a carbon. And the people are going to think that the penalty for making a blemish in a carbon is what? Is death. So, what ended up happening? So, Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkalos would not let them offer up the carbon. So, Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkalos, why? Because, again, he felt that there would be, people are going to walk away with the wrong, with the wrong impression, that you could offer up blemished animals. They wanted to kill Rabbi Barkamsa. You can't kill Barkamsa. People are going to think that what? That a person who inflicts a mom on a carbon is worthy of death. So what happens? What do they do the bar? What do they do the bar kamsa? What do they do the bar kamsa? Nothing. What do they do about the Caesar's carbon? Nothing. So bar kamsa goes back, tells the Caesar, "I told you, I told you, they're not even offering up your carbon." And what happened? Ba case of hechli yushalayim. The Caesar came and he destroyed the base of Mikdash. And this is what Yochanan said. He said, "An v'sanusal shrabi zecharia hechrivo es beisenu v'sarfa es hechalenu v'haglasano lebena umos." The humility of Rabbi Zecharia ben Avkalos destroyed our base Hamikdash, incinerated our hechal, and caused us to be exiled. Now, I will say that is a dramatic statement because understand over here, understand what, what Chazal are saying. It was it was Rabbi Zecharia ben Avkalos's fault that everything happened. Now, I will say now I just want to point out. The second base Hamikdash was destroyed because of Sinas right? That the Gemara is explicit about. So how does the Gemara, how does Rabbi Yochanan lay blame to Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkolos? Because I will say it was his misplaced Chasidos, his misplaced Chasidos that ultimately again triggered the process. He, he didn't cause it, it was caused, but it was his misplaced Chasidos. That's not Ramchal. I will say, I want to point out that I've always felt very terrible about this Gemara, about laying this type of blame at the feet of Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkalos. Right? There's a beautiful Chassam Sofer, and the Chassam Sofer says, in general, in life, you can only plan for things for which you have a frame of reference. If you have no frame of reference or something, it's very difficult to anticipate it or to proactively plan for it. And Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkalos, of course, has, has no frame of reference for this. Right? There, there, there is nothing for this. But again, in the Ramchal's model, in the Ramchal's model, he understands Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkalos as an example, ultimately, of misplaced chasidos. He's so worried. People are going to think you could offer up a blemished carbon. Can't do that. People are going to think that you execute, you execute someone who inflicts someone. Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkalos, sometimes, sometimes, it's good not to be so pious and just do what has to get done. What has to get done over here is get that animal on the altar. Get it on the altar. 
You'll do tshuva afterwards. You'll figure it out afterwards. But right now, the Caesar is at your doorstep. And if you don't offer up his carbon, you're going to be, we are going to be an incredibly difficult, an incredibly difficult matzah. So offer it up. Get it done. But the Gemara says, Rabbi Zechariah ben Afkashah will say, well, what are these examples of? These are examples of people who analyze the piety of their actions through the prism of the present and do not contemplate future repercussions or ramifications for what it is that they're doing. And the Ramchal says, that's dangerous chasidus. Dangerous chasidus is when you only think about the repercussions of your actions in the present and you give no thought to what could come from the decision you are making right now. You can't analyze if something is a form of chasidus only through the prism of the present. You have to look here, you have to look there. And at every angle, such a profound statement. You have to analyze your actions in every direction. In order to know if something is truly chasidos, you can't just look through the prism of the present, but rather you have to look right, you have to look left, you have to look up, you have to look down, and most importantly, you have to look forward. What is going to be the repercussions of this action? If it's going to be good, then I could do it, and it's chasidos. But sometimes you could have something that is presently pious, but ultimately could have a negative repercussion in the future. The Ramchal says, under those circumstances, abstain and don't perform the action. Sometimes piety is doing something, and sometimes piety is abstaining from this. So we'll stop over here for today. We're not finished with this yet. More examples of this tomorrow. An incredibly profound idea. Shkoyach.